Merry Christmas. Uh, so my name is Jamie. Welcome online. Welcome in person. Uh, hello in the back, uh, whoever's saying hi to me. Um, I want you to think about a Christmas memory, like your favorite Christmas memory. You know the memory, the one that just kind of takes you back and the one that like just, ah. You have one of those? For me, it was when I was growing up and one of the memories is uh, going to church and it was the 11 p.m. service. And, and we got, I got a treat beforehand and I got to open one present and we would go and I'd go in my pajamas and I got to bring that one present with me. And I remember just sitting there in, in the, the seats, laying in my mom's lap, just listening to Christmas songs and just sitting in this service that was just absolutely beautiful. Do you have a memory like that? Like, think about it. I, I think it's pretty normal that our memories of what took place, like, like the good tends to emerge and the, the negative or the difficulties or the hardships tend to, to get a little blurry and tend to fade away, don't they? But if you were to imagine your perfect Christmas setting right now, what would that be? Like maybe you're sitting in your living room. Music in the background. Snow is just dancing in the sky as it lightly falls down. You have your favorite drink with you. Maybe it's cider or coffee or whatever you're drinking. Would you like me to get you a cup? Maybe with a cinnamon stick or something. You're sitting and the fireplace is roaring and the lights on the tree are just beautiful and the lights are dim in the room and so like you are just surrounded by this warmth, by this atmosphere. Decorations are all around and they're, they're beautiful, they're stunning. Presents are beautifully wrapped under the tree, every single one with a bow with the extra ribbon on it, and it looks just perfect. Kids are playing some board games together. It's like talking gently to each other, <laughs> right? Affirming one another. Oh, good move. You are so smart that, that you, you made that play. Good job, right? Everybody's arriving on time and they brought what they said they were going to bring and everything's just perfect. Everybody shows up there in a good mood. Nobody's frazzled. Nobody's frustrated. Everyone's just speaking so tenderly and gently to each other and affirming, I love you, sister. I love you, brother. Right? Can you picture it? You can stop the music, Joe. Because we all know, right? Like, that's not real, right? Thank you, Joe. 
Give Joe a round of applause. Like, like that's not real life. There are glimpses of it, right? Like, there are moments when, when you can just sit back and go, man, this is perfect. This is amazing. This is beautiful. But I think we tend to romanticize Christmas, don't we? Like, the dog is really running through the house being crazy. There's a lot of bags under the tree that are in gift bags that, like, you didn't have time to wrap. You just threw under there. Maybe, depending who you are, like, they're in grocery bags or something or wrapped in the newspaper. The cider isn't ready. The fireplace is on the TV. It's not really going in real life. The Bluetooth speaker isn't connecting, so you can't get the music to work. And your kids, well, your kids are being kids, right? They're not necessarily speaking kindly to their brother or sister. There's a little bit of agitation, a little bit of frustration. Your relatives are late, and they come in. They're frustrated, Uh, Aunt Susie shows up 45 minutes late and she walks in the door and instantly she starts talking about how the person she didn't vote for is ruining the country. (laughs) Uncle Charlie can't come to Christmas because he's got COVID and that's the one person you actually wanted to see this year, (laughs) right? You could go on and on and on, but this is real life. This is... What we know, isn't it? See, real life isn't always beautiful and serene and picturesque, and and neither was the Christmas story. I think, I don't know about you, but that's what I think of when I think back to the Christmas story, this beautiful, picturesque, serene image of Mary and Joseph sitting comfortably in a nice house, with the snow gently falling outside. And everything is beautiful. Everything is peaceful. Everything is going just as it was planned. We know that's not the Christmas story, right? Like Mary and Joseph had their plans and their dreams and they were about to get married. They probably wanted to get a house and Uh, get some land or work on the family business. They probably wanted to wait a little bit before having kids so they could have some time just together. And then God showed up and altered their dreams. Their dreams were interrupted. Their hopes, their dreams, their plans were all altered because God was going to show up and use them in an incredibly special way way. See, news came and Mary and Joseph needed to quickly adjust their plans to what God was doing, not what they were doing. And we see them travel to Bethlehem. We see they have Jesus in probably a cave and the king was born. The king of the world was born. And then we see after Jesus is born, the Christmas story gets a little rough, doesn't it? Because there is an earthly king called Herod, and Herod doesn't want to submit, give his kingdom over to another king. So Herod puts in place a horrible plan that sends Mary, Joseph, 
and the baby Jesus fleeing the country. Now, what do you think they thought at this moment? Angels come and say, hey, you're going to have a baby. This is amazing. This is good news. Mary and Joseph embrace this. And then their lives are in danger. And I wonder if they were thinking what we think when our dreams and our plans don't work out how we think they would. See, most of us are tempted when life gets difficult, when plans don't go our way, when God doesn't move the way we think he should move. Most of us are tempted to think, where's God? Right? Why isn't God hearing me? Clearly, I am praying and I don't think God is listening. Is Jesus good? Because Jesus certainly doesn't seem good right now. Because if he was good, stuff like this wouldn't happen. See, isn't life supposed to be better with Jesus in it? (laughs) I wonder if Mary and Joseph were thinking this in the Christmas story. This isn't going according to plan. And it's so interesting to read through the Christmas story. If you pay attention, there's a lot of footnotes in the Christmas story. At the bottom of the page, as you're reading through, you'll see a small letter. And then at the bottom of the page, you'll see a footnote that's referencing an Old Testament passage. And it's amazing when you zoom out of the Christmas story. And you see all these references to the Old Testament in all these ways that Old Testament prophecies were being fulfilled in the birth of Jesus. There's like 300 prophecies that are fulfilled. And and all that points to this. What if God is working? What if God is moving? It just isn't how you expect it to. See, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of mess, in the midst of just everyday life, maybe God is working. It's maybe just not the way you expect him to or the way you hoped he would. See, very little about the Christmas story is this beautiful, serene, calm, perfect story that we think back to. We see the manger, we, we, see, we see these videos, we read the story, and we think, oh, that's just beautiful. And here's the thing. Real life doesn't work that way, does it? The Christmas story wasn't perfect, serene, calm, and neither are our lives. And here's the thing that I want us to remember tonight. Like, here is the promise that anchors us. Here is the promise that gives us hope. Wherever you are in life, whatever is happening in your life, in your situation, good or bad, here's the thing that gives us hope. 
Matthew chapter 1, 22 verse 23. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through a prophet. See, hundreds of years, centuries have gone before where this was told that this was going to happen. God has a bigger plan here. In all of this, the whole Christmas story, the way that it all played out was all fulfilled just as it was planned. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. Which means God with us. God with you. God with you. Me, God with us. In, in, the cha- in, in the book of John, another gospel, John gives another bigger understanding, kind of a 30,000 foot view of what is happening. And I love, there's a translation called the message translation, and I love the way that this is written. In John uh, chapter one, verse three, everything was created through him. Nothing. Not one thing came into being without him. What came into existence was life, and the life was the light to live by. The life light blazed out the darkness, and the darkness couldn't put it out. Do you wonder why we have lights everywhere during Christmas, why we light candles, why we put lights on the tree, why we drive around and look at lights. I think it's because of Jesus. See, he was the light. And the darkness couldn't put out the light. Jesus, King Jesus, wins at the end of the story. If you keep going in verse 14, the word became flesh and blood and the word moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. I love that line, Jesus moved into the neighborhood. That's the essence of the Christmas story. Jesus lives. He has a mission. We see his life. We see his ministry. We see that we have forgiveness in Jesus. We have restored relationship with God. And we are being made whole again. Towards the end of life, Jesus is arrested and killed. He rises again three days later. And he rescues the world from the grip of sin. And death, offering to rescue you and I. This is Jesus. This is the light. And then we see in the story that Jesus sends the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. And he says this, if you abide in my spirit, you will receive power, transformation, the ability to sustain. You will receive gifts. There will be fruit in your life and people will take note that you have been with Jesus. 
And he has been with you. I want to remind us tonight this just very simple point. And it's easy for, to forget. God is with you. And maybe you're thinking, God can't certainly be with me, right? It doesn't feel like God is with me. But here's the promise. He is with you. In the struggle in your marriage, Jesus is with you. You're worried about your kids. Jesus is with you. Your financial situation has gone off the rails. You don't want to pay your bills. Jesus is with you. When you get the diagnosis and you go for treatment, Jesus is with you. When you're tired and worn out as a parent, Jesus is with you. When you're frustrated at school or you're frustrated at home, Jesus is with you. When you don't know what to do, Jesus is with you. If everything in your life is going great right now, if your relationships are all healthy and they're beautiful and they're life-giving, you have enough income, you have the job you want, you are blessed, things are going well in your life, Jesus is with you. I want us to remember this simple promise of Christmas. When there's struggle, Jesus is with you. When things are going well, Jesus is with you. And there's an invitation for you and I to make Jesus the center of our life. To make Jesus the priority of our life. And there's a promise that Jesus is with you. He will sustain you. He will give you power. He will go before you. He will make a way. He will transform your life. He'll give you what you need. He will heal relationships. He will make you a new creation. For his grace and forgiveness are for you. And through his grace and mercy and forgiveness, you will be transformed. There's also an invitation that not only will those things are true about what happens when you make Jesus the center of your life, Jesus is also inviting you to join him in his mission. Because not only does he want to do things for you, he has things for you to do in this world on his behalf. Emmanuel, God is with you. The promise isn't that everything will be smooth. 
The promise isn't that everything will be serene, that everything will be calm, that, that all your relatives will behave this Christmas. It's not that everything would go the way that you expect and that all your dreams will come true. The promise this Christmas that I want us to remember is that Jesus, Emmanuel, is God with us. Amen? Amen. To celebrate the light. A symbol of the light. One thing that we do every year, it's our tradition, is light candles as we end with silent night. So as the worship team comes up, we are going to start lighting candles from the back. And if you could turn to your neighbor and light a candle and and so on, the light will spread through the congregation. And this is to remind us that Jesus moved into the neighborhood and he is the light and the darkness cannot overcome it. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we praise you. We honor you. We worship you. We bow and we praise you. And Jesus, I pray that as we go about our celebrations this Christmas, that we would make you the center. In your name we pray, amen.